Yeah, one of our listeners says, just on that person's message, Ross Gray is not a racist town, Fran. You just have to walk through it to know that uh, business people in the town, people of colour running these businesses, are well uh, supported. Uh, that's a mad notion that the media have put into people's heads that the town is racist, the town is underfunded, underdeveloped, and we're all fed up. It's a big difference to being racist, says one of our listeners. All right, then, it's time to talk farming. And I'm delighted to be joined, as usual, by the Deputy News Editor with the Farmers Journal, Katrina Morrissey. Good morning to you, Katrina. Good morning, friends. Good to talk to you today. Um, we're going to start with good news. God knows we need good news, Katrina. Irish beef back to uh, China. Yeah, great news. Um, announced yesterday when the uh, Chinese Premier Li Qiang met with Minister for Agriculture Charlie McConlogue and Minister Martin Hayden in Dublin. Um, as you know, Irish beef has been temporarily suspended from the Chinese market. That was since November last year. Um, and that was because we had a case of what's called atypical BSE in a cow. Hmm. And the, the, um, the Chinese authorities are particularly strict on any BSE cases in countries where they buy beef from. So there was an automatic suspension. It's part of our terms of trade, as it were, with China. There was an automatic suspension because this case was found in terms of the, the, the BSE that was found. It's, it's what's called an atypical BSE. It's spontaneous sporadic, it just occurs in nature. There's nothing any farmer or any policy in this country could have done to prevent it. Um, But nonetheless, it triggered an automatic suspension. Irish beef was locked out of the Chinese market and is now back in. So good news, Mm. I think. You know, it's it's an extra outlet for Irish beef. The more outlets we have for Irish beef, the more demand there will be, the better the price will be to farmers. It's, it's not a huge market, though, is my understanding, Katrina, is it? Not a huge market, yeah. exactly. So it's, I mean, we send the majority of our beef to neighbouring countries, in particular the UK. So hmm. being locked out of the UK would be an absolutely disastrous situation for hmm. Irish beef. And, and so by comparison, China is not as important. But I suppose in order for... It's the pennies that makes the pounds, as they say. Of course, yeah. And you have to have lots of markets, lots of different outlets for different types of beef because different markets will have different preferences. Um, mm. So, yeah, in the scheme of things, China not huge, but nonetheless very important because it's a, it's a diversity in the market that you want. You want lots of customers. But but that atypical BSE, I mean, that could happen again tomorrow, I guess. Um, it could, yeah. And, and you know, we had only barely been back in China, um, having been suspended because of another atypical case um, several years ago. And, and that is the nature of atypical BSE. We can't predict it. It's not a management thing. You know, it's sporadic. It occurs in nature. It's not anything controllable. Um, and that's, I suppose, the difficulty and why, I suppose, the Irish authorities, Irish farmers, Irish beef processors were all so disheartened by being locked out of China in November because the last time we were locked out, we were locked out for nearly three years. This time, a much faster return to the market, which is very welcome. So we're back in in less than three months. Can we uh, chat about the, the special that's in the journal this week, which is the third level education? Especially, it's a full guide for CAO, isn't it, for for the year? It is, yeah, a very important time of the year, I suppose, for for leaving their students and their parents, who are often you know more yeah. invested sometimes in the CAO than the students themselves. Um, so we have basically a, a nine-page special all about the CAO. The deadline is the 1st of February. So what this has is just everything really that any of the students who are sitting the leave insert this year need to know. 
with a particular focus then on what your options might be if you're interested in working in the agriculture food industry. Um, there's information there on the new apprenticeship schemes. So there was a 8,700 students registered for apprenticeships last year and it's something that Minister Simon Harris mm-hmm. is really striving. Um, so information there and then also looking at some of the grants um, that might be available for students which when you're going to an expensive city for accommodation um, or perhaps commuting instead of staying somewhere for college that's all very important so um, some information mm. on the grants there and also um, information for other um, students who maybe have disabilities and might need some other I suppose extra support there to be able to go to college. Yes. What, what about veterinary uh, because so many of our students if they want to study veterinary they have to go abroad. Yeah that's right and it's actually said that there are more students studying veterinary there are more Irish students studying veterinary abroad these days than there are actually studying veterinary in Ireland. Um, so Minister for Minister Simon Harris, obviously this is his area as well, he has said there will be a second veterinary school. Um, it will be outside Dublin, we understand. Still no announcement. We know that South East Technical University in Waterford, um, University Limerick, mm. and then a kind of a, a consortium including IT Tralee, They've all pitched for it. There is another pitch from the combined kind of Donegal and Atlantic Technical University there. Uh, Still no word on who's going to get it. And I suppose the talk and the gossip is, will it go to a place that already has a medicine course? Because there will be quite an overlap there in in the the knowledge, I suppose, needed within the college itself. Or will it go to some other area? And um, it's still to be seen. I think it's a pity we don't know at this stage because... It's going to push the opening date back for, uh, you know, we're not lo- we're not going to have any intake into that college, no matter where it is, in September 2024. It's going to be September 2025. The longer it takes to make the decision, the further away it is for students who want to study veterinary in Ireland. And, and they're badly needed. You know, there's a shortage sure. of vets in yeah. the country. The brand new Farmers Alliance Party uh, as well. Um, What's the situation there ahead of elections? Are they beginning to show their hand, so to speak? They are, yeah. So they have now officially um, registered with the Electoral Commission as a a party. Um, They are, so they're drafting a manifesto. So that means that we'll be able to see, you know, what what is their stance on various issues. And they say that they're going to, they've already selected about 40 candidates to run and that they expect to put more candidates forward then in the European Parliament. And these aren't existing candidates, uh, existing politicians? No, these would appear to be all fresh new faces in terms of political um, election. And and I think that seems to be, I suppose, the gist of where this party is coming from is that they don't feel that the current system is working. They don't feel that their current elected representatives are doing what they want them to do. So they are going to put in their own candidates. Um, So they are... So there's about a 21-day period they've applied to become a political party. There's a 21-day period, which some of which has already elapsed. Mm. Um, uh, but they they look set to, to be approved as a political party and then will decide mm. and set out their candidates for the local and European elections. Will they have other issues in their manifesto besides farming issues, Katrina? 
Yeah, they will. They will, and I think any party has to have. Um, and and we know that from so far from what we've seen from the Farmers Alliance, uh, they seem to have very strong strong opinions on immigration. Mm. Um, and you would imagine that anybody who wants to get elected has to have policies for potential voters on things like health and housing. You know, so anything that affects me as a voter, you as a voter, they will need to have a position on. So we're going to have a look at that manifesto in detail when it comes, mm. um, but it's not there yet, so we don't know exactly their position yet. You and I have spoken about the board be a cattle trading proposal. Far- farmers are rejecting that. Yeah, absolutely. And various farming groups and farming organisations have mm. have reacted angrily um, to the suggestion that only you know, that someone who is buying cattle should only buy from another quality assured yes. farm. And in fact, we have a story on FarmersJournal.ie today saying that there may be a court injunction sought to stop the ICBF, which is the Irish Cattle Breeders Federation, um, implementing the changes that have caused this, or sorry, um, implementing the the changes to the suckler scheme, which is another issue on the same vein. So for suckler farmers particularly affected by the the recommendation that they would buy, uh, that beef buyers would only buy from quality assured farms. Sucker farmers also deeply unhappy with the um, the latest iteration of the indexes, the beef indexes. So two issues affecting similar group of farmers there, that kind of suckler producer typically in the west or western seaboard. You have a piece as well, Katrina, in the, the journal this week about farmers affected by flooding along the Shannon Callows there. Yeah, this is a story that we covered and, and it was all over the National Airways, I suppose, as well. Yeah. In kind of May-June last year, they were flooded. So the Shannon Callows is an area along the Shannon that floods for large parts of the year, but then is dry in the midsummer. And the farmers along there have always taken hay um, from the ground in the summer that would be completely inaccessible in, in the winter, spring and, and autumn months. Um, but this year it got flooded in the summer and they lost the equivalent of about 50,000 bales of fodder, um, which has to be got because mm. they still have the same number of animals. They still have the same feeding to do. So they had to go out then and buy fodder that they would normally produce themselves. So what uh, I suppose um, Rachel Donovan in the Farmer's Journal today says that there were some farmers who were excluded from a scheme. So there was a support scheme put in place by Minister Charlie McConlog. Some farmers not uh, meeting the terms of that and being told that they're not eligible. Um, so there's unhappiness there. And they also want the management of the river levels along the Shannon. They're very exercised about the fact that, and we've heard it, the argument that the ESB is holding water back when it could let more water yes, down yeah. and avoid that flooding. Um so water management is a real issue for farmers along that area in the Callows. Mm, but uh, Michael Silk there being very, very upfront about this and saying if something isn't done, there's no future for any of us uh, on the Callows, which is strong stuff, isn't it? It is strong stuff. And, you know, that's that's the reality, I suppose. We're in a time of climate change, so we're getting these heavy downpours of rain in bursts. You know, yeah. for years we've had, you know, very kind of, Soft rain, we'll call it, and regular rain. And and that type of rainfall is a very different thing to manage water levels in rivers um, to that sudden downpour of inches of inches of rain at a time. And, and farmers are, are at the coal face, I suppose, of that. And they believe that the, the actual 
human management of the river could be done better to help exa- to help kind of mitigate some of that effect of the, the changing climate and weather. Katrina, it's always good to talk to you. Thanks very much indeed and uh, good morning to you, Katrina. That's uh, Katrina Morrissey there, Deputy News Editor of the Farmer's Journal and the journal is on your shelves right now. Uh, just a, a final comment from a listener. Thank you, by the way, for all of your WhatsApp and your... your text and indeed your phone calls and your emails as well. Uh, we leave you with this one. Hi friend, the proposal from the government on buying the hotel in Ross Grey and doing it up to appease the people of Ross Grey is a waste of taxpayers' money. It will take at least two years to get it up and running. Now we have nursing home closures throughout the country that uh, will be reopened in time to house more asylum seekers. We're all going to get old someday. There was a proposal recently to build huge nursing homes in cities and major towns. God knows where our loved ones will have to go when the time comes. Ireland has changed so much since I was a child, says one of our listeners. That's it from me for today. And uh, Emma produced, Ali looked after our content. And uh, Stephen is on the way with the uh, Time Tunnel on the Lunchtime Show. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Look after yourselves in the meantime, won't you? Bye-bye. Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie.